what's happening in Surrey? What's happening in Vancouver? What's happening with some of the uh, incumbent mayors being ousted? Lots of change, lots of sweeping change. And you know what the Vancouver election super uniquely, I think, has has garnered the attention both federally and provincially when it comes to governments. Here's conservative leader Pierre Polyev on the results of Ken Sim winning the mayor's office in Vancouver in a landslide. But voters in Vancouver have said enough. They have fired the NDP mayor and rejected the radical policies and instead voted to remove the gatekeepers to build more affordable homes and bring in common sense laws to restore safe streets. Will the government in Ottawa finally get the message? Okay, so I said federally and provincially closer to home here at the legislature. Vancouver's mayoral races was a hot topic as well. Here's the official opposition, B.C. Liberal leader Kevin Falcon yesterday. There was a very strong message of change. A little bit of a shorter clip than I was expecting. The clip we were looking for was actually from the B.C. legislature yesterday. And instead of even playing a clip, you know what? Why don't we just go to the source? Waiting on the line, Kevin Falcon, the B.C. Liberal leader, is with us. Thank you for doing this, sir. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Jody. And I have to say, just a a real shout out. I'm thrilled that you're bringing those young people uh, from Chilliwack. And please uh, give them my commendation for the work they're doing. That's fantastic. Thank you. I will. You know, I've, I've had the opportunity to speak with Isabella and she is a budding young activist and she's very, very motivated with her, with her fellow students to just be heard. You know what? And that's such a huge part of the kids are all right moving forward. Right. Education, the want to vote. Before we even get to what you said in the ledge yesterday, were you surprised by the voter turnout for this municipal election, particularly in Vancouver? Uh, not particularly. I mean, I know it's 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 tough. Uh, you voter turnout at municipal elections. This is always a story for as long as I've ever recalled there being municipal elections. People bemoan the fact that the turnout isn't higher. I think in some part because it's intimidating to you know look at a a ballot list with you know so many names on it, and I think some people are are perhaps intimidated by that. But there's just no question that uh, uh, what the results uh, portend. And, Yes, it's, uh, I think, disheartening that that so few people uh, do turn out to vote, and yet so many more uh, want to complain about our elected officials. Let's talk about you in the legislature, speaking particularly about endorsements and how uh, David Eby chose to endorse the now outgoing mayor of Vancouver. What sparked that, and what's your message there? Well, I was frankly just flabbergasted that he would do it. First of all, um, it was pretty clear that, you know, the the ND, former NDP mayor, uh, Kennedy Stewart, had overseen, uh, you know, an administration uh, and uh, a, a challenging uh, situation in the streets where four people a day are being attacked by random strangers. It's chaos in the downtown east side and increasingly throughout other communities, including Yaletown and soon to be Kitsilano, et cetera. And I think that people were just so fed up and it was so apparent to me. And I heard this not just in Vancouver, but across the province as I was traveling across the province all summer. And the fact that he would come out and, and not just publicly endorse him, but then double down by going out and actively campaign knocking on doors, as did Adrian Dix and George Heyman from the NDP, by the way. Uh, it seems that, you know, their their entire team was trying to get behind 
Kennedy Stewart and maintain the status quo in the city. And, and uh, it was no surprise to me that they all got very, very badly thumped because I think the public is fed up with the status quo and they want to see change. And, and they're tired of being afraid to walk in their own streets and they're tired of having the third highest housing prices in North America, et cetera. So um, no surprise to me except the fact that he would actually go and put his, uh, uh, his weight behind uh, a candidate that was on the wrong side of all the issues. There's no question. Just open up the phone lines here on CKNW and you, you will hear people say, I am I'm sick of the crime, the escalation of crime, the feeling unsafe in, in, in the city, in the province. Also, with the affordability issues, the housing issues, you've touched on all the hot button issues. What would you do if you had the ability to make immediate change on some of these files? Let's start with crime. What would Kevin Falcon and the B.C. Liberals do uh, first to try and, and halt what we see in other jurisdictions, not just here in British Columbia, not just across this country, but all over North America. This is an issue. It, sure, but it's the worst here that we have ever seen. I, I you know, I grew up in, as, as I'm sure you did too, Jody, I born and raised uh, in, you know, Vancouver, and I have never seen a level of violence and random attacks and just social chaos and disorder like we're seeing. So what would we do? Number one, give direction to the Crown Prosecutors in B.C. that they are to put the public interest, in other words, public safety, before the rights of repeat violent criminals uh, to be able to be released so they can reoffend. That is a very important direction that the Attorney General could give and should have given many, many months ago. Now, understand, we raised this issue almost a year ago, and David Eby denied first that there was even a problem. And, And then when we kept putting the pressure on him, he finally hired two consultants to go spend four and a half months to come back and tell him how to do his job. He has been the attorney general since day one. I want to underscore this. And when the report came back, it was so damning that the NDP tried to hide it. They, first of all, didn't release it. They just released some of the recommendations. And then they hid the report and finally released it on the Saturday of a long weekend, hoping that nobody would notice. Uh, We did notice. And we brought it forward. And it was very damning. And it said that there's lots of things they could be doing. The situation is real. Um, he's wrong to try and deny that, uh, you know, things are actually getting better when they're clearly not. And and we continue to push them on those uh, issues today, even today in the legislature, because they're in denial. They keep trying to blame everyone else. They blame the federal government. They blame the the victims. They say it's anecdotal anecdotal rhetoric that are, or, or, you know, anecdotal rhetoric that we're bringing forward, et cetera, these anecdotes, um, and on and on they go, just trying to avoid anything but their own culpability for the fact that they refuse to act. The second thing I would do is make sure that we bring back a modernized version of Riverview, where we compassionately and carefully and lovingly take those folks off the street who have severe mental health issues and put them in 24-7 care where they can be properly looked after with proper psychiatric and medical supports because we have to understand that we have failed the mentally ill and we cannot leave them to their own devices to be roaming the streets, exploited and abused by drug dealers and others. And the third thing I would do is set up a provincial police force of at least 100 police officers that can police anywhere in the province and then be able to send them into communities to support local police to make sure that our streets are safe for people to walk on. I am never going to accept a situation where there are parts of the downtown core in a major city like Vancouver or Prince George or Nanaimo or any other Victoria where people cannot feel safe walking. That is unacceptable to me. You're right. I was born and raised here, and I do feel very similar 
to your uh, perspective on on just how unsafe it has become. I've never seen it like this before, so I agree with you on that. You brought up policing, and and I must ask, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the municipal police force in Surrey and the new mayor there saying that is going away. There's a government piece to that puzzle. When you talk about a a provincial police, which is something that I experienced when I lived in Ontario for a bit, the OPP, the Ontario Provincial Police, is that the model you're looking at? as a possibility and what do you think might happen with the Surrey Municipal Police? No, I'm not talking about setting up a a whole provincial police force to replace the existing forces. I'm talking about a dedicated police force that will have the ability to go into any part of the province and support local policing to make sure, for example, that if the VPD needs some supports to help them, you know, clean up areas in Vancouver, whether it's in Yale town or whether it's on the downtown East side or Chinatown, that they will get those extra supports and they will be there to backstop them and help them do their job to make sure streets are safe. This is the basic, most fundamental issue of government is to keep people safe in their own communities. And the kind of um, crimes that we're seeing out there, four people a day randomly attacked in Vancouver. That's just the reported cases. Just keep in mind, that's almost 120 people a month. And, yeah. and these are attacks like, you know, vicious attacks, like um, we're talking uh, machete attacks on people, uh, people yeah. being hit in the head with hammers, struck in the head with lead pipes, uh, racial slurs, uh, you know, thrown out at people, stabbings uh, in Tim Hortons, uh, you know, uh, on a Mexican tourist, a young man in Yale town stabbed to death by a, a random stranger. I mean, this has to stop. And, and I can yeah. tell you, I, I put this right at the feet of the existing attorney general, because he has been the top law officer, David Eby, since day one. And he has yet to comment, not a single comment, on this report that he commissioned, by the way. And he's running to be the next premier of the province. And he will be once they uh, do what I'm certain they're going to do, which is drum out that uh, young woman that is trying to uh, enter the race. I got to leave it there for time. I could go on for another hour. I know you've been very busy. We were trying really hard to get you on the program today. Thank you for being uh, available and and for giving us your uh, unfettered uh, perspective. Appreciate it. Really appreciate being on the show, Jody. Thank you. Jody Vanson for Jill Bennett today and tomorrow. And as promised, we're going to continue talking politics. But this has a bit of a federal twist to municipal politics, if you will. In case you missed it off the show, top of the show, excuse me, I did play this clip. This is federal conservative leader Pierre Polyev commenting on the mayoral race in Vancouver. Yeah, you heard that right. Pierre Polyev said this yesterday. But voters in Vancouver have said enough. They have fired the NDP mayor and rejected the radical policies and instead voted to remove the gatekeepers to build more affordable homes and bring in common sense laws to restore safe streets. Will the government in Ottawa finally get the message? Big move. Certainly, it was a huge weekend for ABC, a better city. ABC is the group who have taken over City Hall and the Park Board, the Council, the Mayor's Office. It was a massive sweep for ABC. Ken Sim, the income, incoming mayor, of course, the mayor-elect. You've, you've likely been hearing from uh, Mayor-elect Sim as he is appearing uh, on, on radio, on TV, uh, everywhere, and in and, and print. 
sharing his platform, his priorities. You may have heard on the news just a couple of moments ago, the priority is line by line items, budgets. We're going in common sense. We're doing park board, park board. We're going to, we're going to take out that bike lane. We're going to talk more about that as well. But as a council, city council has been mired in so much paperwork so much back and forth, very little seemed to have gotten done in these past four years. And that might just change with ABC's majority in council and what that might look like. And the next person joining us is a newly minted city councillor, but he is somebody who you may recognize as Mike Klassen was with BC Care Providers for a long time, Was a, a, a has been a very well-read columnist as well, and joins me on the line live now. Mike, good to have you. Congratulations. Pleased to be here, Jody. So let's dive into what election night was like for you. Well, it was obviously um, very exciting, and it was wonderful to celebrate with um, not only our fellow candidates, but so many people from around the city, and uh, many who we uh, you know, uh, campaigned door-to-door with together, uh, and just so many other community members that came out who believed in, uh, in ABC Vancouver, believed in Ken Sim, wanted to see change in the city and supported us by voting, telling their family and friends to vote for us. And and so we're super grateful to, to all of them and to everybody in the city of Vancouver for uh, being engaged and for uh, believing in us and, and giving us this strong mandate. You've been an outspoken, passionate defender of community, lifestyle, living a healthy lifestyle, taking care of seniors, all of the things that you have been, you've, you've, you've shared who you are in, in your writing as well. And, and full disclosure, as I said off the top, you and I are friends. I consider you a friend. Um, and this, for me, I, I'm, I'm excited for you, and I'm also worried for you. Because, you know, you've taken on this role in a way that, you know, going into public office can be daunting um, what do you see as your biggest challenges heading for heading forward back into uh, into this arena, if you will? Well, uh, thanks for that. I first of all, I feel as though that I come fairly prepared. Uh, I, I've been in and around politics for most of my life. The first campaign I ever volunteered on uh, was when in the late 1970s. I was a high school kid going to Killarney high school, um, and I went out and offered to stuff envelopes um, for Sima Holt, who was the first ever Jewish woman member of parliament, um, and she was um, a liberal who ran with Pierre Trudeau. And since then, I've been involved in many campaigns, and I've uh, typically been behind the scenes trying to support people I consider to be great people. And so I've seen all sides of it, and now that I'm out you know, in, in public life, uh, you know, I expect to be held accountable. I expect there to be challenges, but I also uh, will always encourage uh, respectful dialogue and, and ask for people to return the same. And you know, I know what a what a what a trash heap that uh, some of the social media channels can be at times. But I've also found that there's also some excellent engagement. I mean, truthfully, I've, I've made lots of good friends and contacts through uh, platforms like Twitter. And I hope to continue to do so in, 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 in ways that will help me to make my work better at City Council. 
We're with Mike Klassen, newly minted city council member in Vancouver. And you mentioned the social media piece. Does the does the increased rhetoric and and sometimes remarkably negative reaction to politics on social media worry you at all? Well, I I have to not be naive about it, but I, I've. You know, I was in uh, what I can describe as an Internet early adopter when when sort of the public Internet took off in about 1994. I actually figured out how to create my first website and I published a few pieces and stories that I wrote. And the thing that I found fascinating is that even when people disagreed with you, as long as you acknowledged them and heard them, um, it, it, it turned down the temperature a lot. And so mm. that's been a lesson that I've carried with me for, you know, almost 30 years now. Um, the platform is what it is. Um, you know, unfortunately, we have, you know, the, the anonymous accounts and the bots, and those ones are a little easier to ignore. Um, but there are others who who disagree with you. And, yeah, sure, they lash out. But if you just sort of take a pause, take a breather, don't react, and think about it for a sec, what they want is they want probably the same thing you do, which is a healthy city. I mean, we talked about healthy cities and, 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 and better better and more livable cities. I think we all want those things. And, and sometimes it's just about trying to find common points and where we can get there. I've reached out and I've already been engaged with some people that I never in my whole life ever thought I'd be uh, connecting with, but I can't wait to be working with them because I know that they, we have a common goal of trying to get this city uh, into a better place, healthier, cleaner, functioning better with more uh, opportunities for, for housing and, and livability. I'm Jody Vanson for Jill Bennett, and we're chatting with Mike Klassen, newly minted Vancouver City Councilman. And Mike, I was saying before the break, I was going to ask you, put you on the spot about your biggest priority as you head into into your new role at Vancouver City Hall. What do you think the number one issue is in the city? I, I it really is a challenging question, but I I know that our whole platform. Uh, which uh, many people have had a chance to look at. And if you haven't already, it's at apcvancouver.ca slash platform. We put forward 94 points. Um, I um, was quite pleased to be able to contribute to that platform. Uh, There are a number of key areas that are really important to me. You you know how important and passionate I am about seniors. And that was something that I staked out for myself um, on this campaign. Um, Older adults, uh, in our city have uh, had a rough go. Um, uh, what happened last year with the heat dome, for example, I was crushed by. And I feel like um, uh, with uh, the aging population we face right now, uh, we have to take some very um, strong measures to make sure that older adults feel supported in this community. I've got a bunch of exciting ideas, and I think our team is going to work hard on that. But we know that public safety is is a big part of what people have been looking for uh, we've put forward the 100 police uh, hire and the 100 mental health nurse hire. Uh, we think we can get that done, and uh, we're going to get to work on that because that empathetic, that uh, compassionate uh, approach to to not only law enforcement and making sure that those 40% of, of police calls that often involve um, some kind of mental distress are actually dealt with uh, appropriately by having that mental health nurse present. Um Uh, I'm excited about some of the uh, areas around the climate um, that we're we're working on, uh, particularly um, our uh, uh, plan to make sure that uh, any new development um, has offsets. So it's called our no net new 
uh, greenhouse gas uh, policy plank. We're going to be working with the city to make that happen and, and the people who build and make sure that, um, that, that Vancouver is a world leader as far as that goes. We, you know, for all of our efforts around um, uh, creating a green economy, we still struggle to deal with um, rising uh, greenhouse gases. So this is going to be, uh, I think, a real innovative approach. And um, uh, and then there's those services that um, we feel like we need to. I've already met with um, uh, the presidents of uh, both um, the inside and outside uh, QP unions, 15 uh, local 15 and local 1004. Um, you know, we really need to work and support our, our staff to make sure that they can feel um, going to work every day and feel proud and um, and, uh, and and accomplish and make this city. Um, the shining example that it, that it has been in the past and, and we promise is going to happen again. We're with Mike Klass and Vancouver City Councilman from uh, ABC Vancouver. You mentioned abcvancouver.ca slash platform if you want to see the 94 uh, pieces that are laid out in the platform that comes with uh, in, uh, uh, incoming mayor Ken Sim and his team of counselors. You mentioned the police and the mental health workers, the hundred police, the hundred mental health support workers. What's the timeline on that uh, in your platform? I'm sorry. I don't, I, I didn't see the actual timeline for that to be in place. Yeah. So the hiring process it will take some time, but the, the, uh, the requisition to the police board to have that happen will be one of our first orders of business after the swearing in on November 7th. So we're going to get started on that right away. Um, uh, the, we've worked with uh, the, the VPD, who've told us that this is very achievable. Uh, we remind people that uh, when the Olympics happened in 2010, they were able to hire 200 new police officers. So this 100, we feel, is achievable. Um, and as somebody who has been doing an enormous around, uh, around amount of advocacy um, to, to try and grow the healthcare sector workforce through my current job at BC Care Providers, uh, I'm very familiar with the challenges there and the opportunities. Um, I've spoken to many nurses and have been um, working closely with uh, our uh, federal and provincial partners on measures to make sure that, for example, more internationally educated nurses have their credentials recognized. There are literally hundreds of people who can be working as nurses in the healthcare sector but are, are not able to get through uh, our current bottlenecks. So yeah. we'll, we'll be able to work together with the healthcare sector and make that happen as well. So, um, uh, so the the short answer to your long question, the long answer, <laughs> to your short question, but but I, I but I I'd say that it's a it's an immediate priority for us, and uh, we're going to get going on it right away. I appreciate your thoughtfulness and your being available to us here. And I am going to the phones now. 604-280-9898, star ninety eight ninety eight. A free call on your cell. Mark in New West, you're up first. Welcome. Hi there. Uh, congrats on your uh, election, Councillor. Um, one of the platform messages that resonated with me as a home builder in Vancouver is uh, speeding up approvals, getting more homes built faster. Uh, one challenge I foresee for you is the culture in uh, the, the different departments as it relates to housing approvals and um, how red tape can be cut. It, it seems like there's going to need to be a major cultural shift that happens, and I'm just wondering how you foresee uh, making that change at the council level because I can say from direct experience I have countless examples of staff uh, not acting in the public interest and um, and I think a real shake-up is uh, needed. Uh, thank you. Best of luck. Thanks caller. I really appreciate the question. I'm smiling ear to ear because I'm super excited about our 3331 uh, plan uh, which is three days to approve home renovations 
um, three weeks to approve, uh, approve single-family homes and townhouse development, three months to approve professionally designed multifamily and mid-rise projects, and one year, down from six years, uh, to approve high-rise and large-scale uh, projects. Um, we're going to do it, and we're going to get it done. In fact, I've already been speaking to senior leadership at the City Hall. Staff are working on the plan right now. They read our platform last weekend uh, after they saw the election results. They said we're going to get to work on it. Uh, I think that entrepreneurial spirit exists in, in our public service. They're going to get working on it. We're going to support them in those efforts. And um, uh, I, I never want to overpromise on anything, but we're going to get this one done. It's going to happen, and uh, it, Vancouver is going to be a model for how we can get things moving through the system more quickly. There are a lot of people hoping all of that is true, and we thank you for uh, taking the time today. And I want to circle back to the story you told off the top of this half hour when you said that this all started for you back in high school when you were stuffing envelopes to support the people that you aligned with. So when people want, I've only got a minute here, but when people say that this is left or right or right of center, center, center this, mushy, mushy, what have you, when you go into this as a counselor, is it a politically driven mindset or is it that person back in high school that was stuffing the envelopes? Uh, It's a fantastic question. Um, You know, politics is just one of the tools in your toolkit. This is really about serving people. And um, uh, for me, this is not about um, anywhere on the uh, left-right spectrum. This is really about getting things done, uh, using creative uh, ideas, working those relationships, and getting everybody rowing in the same direction. And uh, I'm, I'm super excited. Thank you so much for your time. I have a feeling we'll be talking a lot over the next number of years. Mike Klassen, thanks for this. Thank you very much, Jody. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Jody Vance in for Jill. And just recapping our breaking news story out of Burnaby. If you had plans to head anywhere in the area of Canada Way between Willingdon and Boundary, avoid that area. Police are asking that we all stay clear of this very busy part of the Lower Mainland in Burnaby. Uh, The sad news from there is a female member of the Burnaby RCMP has been stabbed and killed uh, assisting a city of Burnaby bylaw officer uh, at a homeless encampment in a park there. Uh, Currently, no threat to the public is being reported at this moment. Uh, No word yet, though, uh, who had a hand in this uh, tragic stabbing of the Burnaby RCMP officer, uh, what their status is. Um, But we're waiting on confirmation of all of the facts coming very quickly out of this active investigation in Burnaby near Canada Way between Willingdon and Boundary. So avoid that area if you can. Now we get to uh, the subject matter for the next few minutes. Very happy to connect with my Unspun podcast co-host and fellow fill-in host on CKNW, George Affleck, joins me on the line. Hello, George. Hey, Jody. Glad to have you on here because who knew that a couple days, a few days, in fact, after the municipal elections happened, that we'd still be talking about some jurisdictions in a way that's, (laughs) well, I don't know, Doug McCallum-esque. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, Doug McCallum certainly uh, raises the bar on uh, how to be political uh, in this region. And he's certainly uh, proven that once again, uh, that he is not willing to go uh, gently into that good night. But didn't he do a concession speech? Didn't he already he did. say, yep. Yeah. Yes. So, 
What's happening? I know. I know. And Ken Sim, who lost by about the same amount last time in 2018 to, uh, you know, to Kennedy Stewart, didn't go through this process. He accepted the number at around 1,000 people, said no thanks last time. Uh, Doug McCallum in Surrey, not so much. So what is the process here? Do you, is it, is it, I mean, it's not as though the technicality of, of ballot taking, you know, is at a level of what we saw in like a recount when, when we saw that unfolding in the federal election in the United States, like what, what actually happens here? Well, I mean, I don't know what's going through his head, but generally there has to be really good reasons for you to ask for a recount. Uh, we could assume maybe that he's waiting for the mail-ins to come in, uh, although the mail-in ballots across the region were at record lows. So, uh, you know, I, if he's expecting some wonderful surprise from Canada Post, maybe, that will make him, get him into, like I say, a 200 you know, difference number, then maybe he's got a good argument at that point where a recount could, could help. Um, but when you're that far apart, you know, the, the, the computer system, the systems we have are pretty solid. It's right. not people sitting there manually counting uh, ballots, and there's no chads hanging anywhere. So uh, I think you can generally accept the numbers, and, and the 1,000-vote difference is pretty solid victory. Okay, let's talk about we'll stay in Surrey just for this moment because we got to talk about the, the biggest story with Brenda Locke becoming the incumbent mayor, uh, her mm-hmm. big promise of, of divesting that city of the municipal police and, and sticking with yeah. the RCMP. You've, you've worked and seen and, and, and managed it, it with Curve Communications, the sort of crisis communications that you've seen at the government levels. What do you see unfolding here in terms of what can and cannot possibly be done? Lots of money I see unfolding, <laughs> Joey. Yeah. That's what's going to unfold. Lots of cash. Uh, this is going to be very, very expensive for Surrey to dismantle uh, what they've created here. It's a bit of a monster. Um, you know, I know that Diane Watts, when we were on, uh, on election night on CTV, we talked about this. She said maybe they could come up with some hybrid model. That's very unusual, so I, I can't see that happening. But you never know. It doesn't seem like that's something that Brenda Locke is thinking about. So mm. right now, it's really a matter of, uh, you know, what are we going to do? Uh, for the future of Surrey, we're going to have the RCMP and we're going to buy out all the senior managers that are in the Surrey Police Department. And uh, we're going to move forward quickly with this and, and uh, maybe hire maybe the RCMP will hire those police. I don't know. Uh, that could be a possibility, but uh, I know that Vancouver certainly could use them. Yeah, it's just to me, it feels it feels as though, you know, for the time being, everybody's getting paid. That's a double dip. That's a big expense to the to the taxpayer. I mean, at the end of the day, like while while calling the the expenditure on the municipal force uh, a big one, which is yeah. pretty much the message that that uh, the incoming uh, mayor sort of hung her hat on, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. Much of that has already been spent. Like, well, it? and and you know, you and I have talked about this on Unspun, and I've talked about this for years. I know because I was on in council in Vancouver. Uh, the cost of running a, a, a police department is very, very big, huge. It's the second, first, it's the biggest line item in the budget in Vancouver. And Brenda Locke certainly made that apparent that that was one of her concerns. The cost of taxpayers is going to be significant. Right. It, it, they're underestimating the cost of having their own local police for, force. So she's right in that making that decision to move away while short-term pain, long-term gain for the taxpayers of Surrey. Right. Okay, let's go to Vancouver. We have to go to mm-hmm. Vancouver. Unspun podcast listeners will have uh, checked in on our, our extra edition that we did the morning after the election. But there is much to be said about polling prior to 
and what actually took place on election night and just how large this victory is for the incumbent mayor. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I, defeat. My my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah. The the Ken Sim winning over Kennedy Stewart significantly. Like we're talking, you know, eight, eight almost ninety thousand to you know, huge, huge. Uh, not only victory for for the for him as mayor, but also all all of his uh, ABC candidates, including uh, Christopher Richardson, who was kicked out by the party. He even won. So, um, you know, for his school board, great guy, you know, but he, there were some issues there. So what's interesting is about the polling, uh, there was a huge undecided. I think it was on, on day of, it was like 15%, I think. Uh, so yeah. you can assume that pretty much everybody who was undecided made the decision, and that decision was Ken Sim. And the park board. Well, aren't you happy about that? I mean, <laughs> I mean seven, seven yes. of eight park board commissioners are now one party who have been very clear uh, about several specific issues. One, uh, I know dear and, near and dear to your heart, which is they're very uh, badly consulted bike route through the park, uh, which is a bunch of cones randomly placed uh, across the whole park, creating certain chaos uh, in parts of the park. Some of it's nice. Uh, it's, and I think the ABC guys have said, OK, we're going to have a separated bike lane, but we're going to do it properly uh, mm-hmm. through a proper process and pr- through proper design. Uh, ding. What do you think? I mean, of course, that's how it's supposed to work. This uh, ad hoc random BS that the Green Party and COPE put through uh, in that, in that uh, park board it was a joke. It made park board a joke. Uh, and it made it to the point where people were going, what is the point of park board? They have no ability to manage this park. So it's a, the, you know, it's, it, so this is a first good step for them to announce already that they're going to dismantle that st- day one, uh, those cones, and start doing a new process for a proper bike lane. Jody Vanson for Jill Bennett. And I've connected with a fellow fill-in host here at CKNW, former city councillor in Vancouver and uh, also a crisis communications expert. George Affleck is on the line with us. And George, you and I on Unspun Podcast, our weekly podcast, what are we, 190 episodes in? No word yeah. of a lie. We have talked consistently about the want for somebody to do a line-by-line <laughs> audit. And we heard that today from the incoming mayor of Vancouver, Ken Sim. He says that's what he wants to do. Yeah, well, it, we benefit from having a chartered accountant as the mayor of Vancouver now. Uh, yeah, I think that my point certainly for any anybody winning after an election, it takes your time on the budget. You don't have to have it done by December. You have until the spring uh, to submit it. Um, and I think with a new council like this, they have a, they have a lot of things they want to uh, to figure out what they want to do, what their priorities are. But hey, you know what? Look first. Let's start from zero. Let's look at what we need to get done. What does what the thing? What are the core needs of the city that have to be done? What's that going to cost in order to get them to the level that we as residents of this city and businesses should expect? How much is that going to cost? And then look at what you got left afterwards based on the previous budget. And then you can start looking at all the bells and whistles. But for now, I hope they take their time. Don't rush it. Do the line. Look at the deep into that budget and, uh, and, and come back with a budget that everybody will be happy with. Right. Add and prioritize appropriately let's go to the exactly. phone 604-280-9898 star 9898 is a free call on your cell phone sam in vancouver you're up welcome hello how's it going good how are you um I, you know i'm a little bit concerned with the way the previous park board dealt with those uh with that bike lane in stanley park i i understand the need i think as does the incoming park board uh to have that safe separated 
uh, bike lane, but they didn't account for a lot of people who have every right to use the park. So I'm thinking about people who, who live in places in Vancouver that aren't terribly well served by transit, people with disabilities who really got frozen out of a lot of really important parts of their park. And mm-hmm. my hope is that doing this, doing this properly instead of, instead of on the back of a napkin, as uh, Mr. Affleck uh, will know, there's, like, there's, there's a way to do this. And, and that park board just didn't. It feels like they just wanted to, pardon the language, screw people who drive cars. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Adam. It's true, Jody. You know, you and I have talked a lot about this, but uh, I think the the key here, one of the things that a little history lesson on Stanley Park, the reason we have an elected park board in Vancouver is because of Stanley Park. It was gifted to the city. The park board was created to oversee it uh, for the region, for the province. It was really seen as a park for everyone, not just Vancouverites, and it's lost its way. So when you talk about access, you talk about uh, you know, making it you know accessible for in, for every kind of person, um, then that, they definitely lost their way as a board of directors in their original intent, uh, as the original intent of that board. This current board, or certainly the boards over the last 10 years, have been misguided in what their role is. And we shall see what happens next with a somewhat super majority in park board, a majority in council, ABC, mm-hmm. Vancouver.ca slash platform is where you can find out more if you missed uh, the press briefing with the incoming mayor. George Affleck, I'll meet you uh, for Unspun this week, unspunpodcast.com, right? Thanks, Jody. Cheers, pal.